Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Willem Dafoe, CRTs, and Gringotts. I don't waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're doing, we're doing a podcast. We are... Sorry for our absence. It, you know, you we've know had CES. We've had holidays. I almost it's, died. Okay. It's harrowing. I got COVID. You did? <laughs> yeah, I was like, last. I think the last time we podcasted, podcast? The last time we did a podcast, I was like, yeah, my tests are coming up negative, but I was exposed or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you were like, uh, there could be a chance that someone has COVID somewhere, I'm but like, probably not me. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I was like, I ended up like the red scare lady in the hospital, you no, know, discovering I'm immunocompromised. Now, actually, that did happen to the red scare lady. The well, non- suddenly, suddenly, compassion is a lot cooler than it was. Well, before. I guess she's an anti-vaxer, so I was. I learned a lot about her. Um, just an interesting lady who um, who's an anti-vaxer yeah. who she loves Coke, but it, vaccines can't put those in your body. Coke, not red the blonde, very not cool. Dasha, not Dasha, the other one. Uh, yeah, Anna, the, Anna, the less popular one. Anna, Anna. I don't know how you pronounce it. At any rate, I don't listen to their podcast because. It's dumb they and suck. annoying, but and they're nightmare people. But I, but then I caught wind of apparently like they both got COVID, but one's an anti-vaxer or something, or one had to get vaccinated because they're both anti-vaxxers. But Dasha wasn't allowed to be on succession if they didn't, if she didn't get a vaccine or something. At any rate, uh, it's great to see the best people succeeding. But, um, <laughs> but anyhow, but I got COVID also, just like the Red Scare ladies, and uh, and uh. Didn't go on Reddit to argue with people about it because uh, actually, was, I, I mean, you know, I, I guess I got uh, the Omicron variant. I was it was a very mild illness for me. Of course, I was vaccinated and had a booster shot, so um, I think that goes a long way, from what I understand. Uh, if you look at the what's interesting about COVID, um, <laughs> what's interesting about <laughs> if you look at the COVID, if you look at the COVID lines and you look at like how things are going for the unvaccinated and the vaccinated, the really like. Uh, unvaccinated looks insane and vaccinated people look about the same as it's been for the last several months. Like it is not people who got vaccinated are not getting really sick and dying from this. People who get vaccinated and boosted are having, uh, you know, it's not perfect. And certainly we definitely need an Omicron specific vaccine, um, but they're not dying. (laughs) So that's pretty good. Um, And people who aren't vaccinated, uh, a lot of them are dead. Enough yeah, that you should be worried about that. It's a, uh, it's a very sad state of affairs. Uh, speaking of, um, Glenn Beck has COVID, uh, and it spread to his lungs. I thought you said sad. I wasn't feeling anything when you Glenn, said that. Glenn Beck. <laughs> I just, I'm just seeing this trend on my trending, yeah. on the trending timeline. Glenn Beck had. He already it. had COVID. Well, he has it for the second time, and this time it spread to his lungs, which is he <clears> refused <throat> to get vaccinated because he said, <clears throat> "I have immunity from the first time I had COVID." It's very sad. I, I wish Glenn Beck. The, a speedy recovery because he's such a good guy and I definitely, definitely gets, should continue to be on the planet talking. He, I hope he gets all the empathy and compassion <clears throat> he's ever had for anyone else. And I'll leave it at that. Totally. Totally. Uh, at any rate, um, 
so yeah, so I got it. It was really cool. Um, it was great, and I and I don't recommend it. But uh, if you do have to get it, I recommend getting vaccinated beforehand, which seems to be um, helpful. Uh, but all yeah, the cool so a lot are doing it. All the cool kids are doing it. A lot has happened. All the liberal cucks are getting vaccinated. A lot has happened uh, in the time since we last spoke to one another on the podcast. And um, I mean, honestly, I can't remember all of the things that have happened. I mean, some pretty important ones, some not important ones. Uh, but uh, but I had a good break. I had a I had a solid like week where I really didn't um, just did, was not really online at all. And uh, I haven't done that in a long time. I can't remember how long it's been. Um, but it, uh, it was good and I didn't miss it. I, I got to say, when I got back online, I wasn't like, oh man, I can't, I can't believe I would live without this. You know, uh, it was, it was like, mm, I guess I got to do this now again, you know, for work, but yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I think we should not be online. I think I love online. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of on being online. But I think it's probably like we should take six months out of the year. Everybody should be. Everybody should take six months in there in there and just be not online. Half of us online, half of us not online. I think that would be a great solution to a lot of our problems. I've dived recently into um, it's society of the spectacle is like the sort of topic of it. It's a it's like a post Marxism mm. philosophy about how consumerism and capitalism eventually devolve into just like spectacle and perception and, and like image and everything that you purchase is because you want to look a certain way to yourself or to other people or um, not necessarily even look, but just like present a certain way. Like um, for example, a good example that was used in this video I was watching was the I'm a Mac, I'm a PC ads where mm -hmm. it's a functional device that exists to do things and solve problems. And it's entirely marketed on the kind of person who would purchase it. And it has made me think a lot about um, the amount of time we spend consuming or being consumed. Mm -hmm. And wow, maybe uh, not to be too sexy, uh, no, but please, maybe <laughs> please do be sexy. <laughs> But maybe I'm starting to think – I'm starting to think that the vast majority of our time should be spent either creating things or experiencing things that nobody has experienced before. Um, I have other uh, New Year's resolutions that I'm doing. But oh, one of the things I want to – Yes. I'm doing a different resolution every month because it takes 30 days to build a habit. And I figure if I pick 12 small habits, yeah. what if even half of them stick? That's pretty I mean, good. <laughs> that would be amazing. A huge hit rate there. Um, but one of the things I want to focus on is I, I want to spend the majority of my time creating something or – which is great because that's part of my job. Um, so life hack right there. Or um, I I want to be experiencing things that people haven't experienced before and I want to stop focusing a lot of my life around the consumption of media, whether it be like books about this very philosophy or um, Netflix series or even games, which is tough because it's part of my job. I, I – I, uh, I, games are uh, on the line, I think, of of whether they're consumption or they're like experiential. Right. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I just I feel like a lot of my life has been spent th feeling the need that I will not be complete until I absorb all of the consumption, yeah. and then I'll be ready to create. And I am um, allegedly turning thirty three. Um, 
nobody knows if that's true or not. Certainly science, the science is out. My life is passing and I need, wow. I feel like it's a good way to like refocus and be like, I, um, I need to, we, we, we should all basically stop. And, and I think that ties into what you're saying. Like, yeah, log off. I think, uh, I mean, it's so dumb to say, I mean, as a, as a very online individual, but uh, I do think a little bit of distance from all of it is extremely healthy. I will say, uh, and I know people have been saying this for, you know, forever. Uh, I watched, um, Zelda has suddenly like, kind of like is into, not into Disney movies, like suddenly she's like a Disney, you know, fangirl or something, but. My name is Joshua Tobolsky and I'm raising a Disney adult. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> no, she's, no, she hasn't gone like full Disney fangirl, but um, the, the, uh, but we started watching like, you know, like we watched some of the movies that she has not watched, like Moana we watched and we watched, um. Well, we watched Wreck-It Ralph, which we watched when she was a little – I mean, I put Wreck-It Ralph on when she was a little kid and we sat and watched it, but I don't think she really got it. You know, she was really little, like three or something, and and she was very interested in watching it. And then – and obviously, like, it's an interesting one because it's like there's a lot in Wreck-It Ralph that is not for children. I mean, not like content-wise. It's pretty, it's pretty like, tame content-wise. Um, just like the references are not for kids, like, because they have no idea – who those characters are, who those people are, what the significance is. Like, they don't know who Q-Bird is. Like, it's completely lost on them. Um, you know who invented that? Who invented that, like, genre for Disney? What? Or, like, who? perfected it? Um, Robin Williams. Uh, Aladdin was one of the first oh, movies yeah. that contained references that were it, it specifically intentionally not for well, children. We, okay, for so, so that's actually the lead-in here, which is that over um after thanksgiving we went to see aladdin on broadway and uh oh my god i love it which was you like it oh my god it was awesome i mean it's awesome and of course zelda who is already like a theater kid uh and already does like that Ah. stuff has like we are now like listening to the aladdin broadway soundtrack on repeat in the car so i am like makes me want to have a kid i'm really yeah it's It's nuts, but here's the thing: is your your kids gonna end up being like a, a football jock? Is what's gonna happen? I know. I'm <laughs> fucked. You know, I'm I'm, I'm scared all the time that she's gonna like suddenly become like a person that I to, to, I don't like. You know, <laughs> like what's you know? It's very. It happens all the time. You know, you're like all oh, this kid's so great, and then they become like a complete tool. Can but we watch rate, more Glenn back before he dies? <laughs> yeah, let's get Glenn. Yeah, exactly. Like she's like writing a. I hope you get well soon, Glenn Beck card to him in the hospital at any rate um so so we went to see aladdin yeah and then we're listening to aladdin and then we're, i was like you know there's a movie like an animated movie aladdin which is definitely date is not you know it literally has that disney thing at the beginning it's like this contains cultural depictions that are were you know are inappropriate and it's like first off like i mean she didn't read that part but if she had i would it would be such a weird conversation to have like we've had conversations about stuff like that before but Proceeding like her fun, she loved Aladdin in the theater. She thinks this is going to be like the animated version of it. It's like actually, this is way more racist and sexist. Um, but but yes, yeah, so we started, so we watched Aladdin, and then it was like, oh, here's these other movies, and we sort of have been going through some of the catalog, you know, uh, especially over the break where I wasn't, you know, sitting on my computer doing work or whatever. Um, but we watched Wreck It Ralph, and then we watched the sequel, Ralph Breaks the Internet, which I had mm. never seen. I'd only seen parts of. And uh, I have to say it was fucking depressing, very depressing, because first off, it is a movie that is just like filled with brands, which to me are, I mean, I get the placement and stuff. I think whatever, it's fine. It's fun. It makes sense. Like, 
But there's a fake like YouTube in the movie. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it came out in 2018. So you're kind of, you know, it's your problem. Um, <laughs> theaters were open. <laughs> they, they, yeah, theaters were open. People were breathing normally. Um, the, you know, they have this like fake YouTube and a big part of the plot is like Ralph like makes viral videos to like, make money. And the way the money is depicted in the movie is like people give you hearts and that turns into money. And Zelda was like, Zelda, who does not, we really don't let her go on YouTube. She does not, like, she's not interacting with any social apps as much as we can help it. And, you know, it's just like, I don't think that's a place for children, full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, is this really how the internet works? <laughs> and I was like, no. Like, no, You yes, there are places where, like, you can make money for putting videos online and people do, like, put hearts on them. But like it's not like – but it's like so fucking depressing that the central concept of the internet as depicted in this movie is you uh, make a thing, people do a heart on it, and then like you get paid. And it's like yeah. that fucking sucks. Like it sucks. And I know that – I know that, and they don't really have commentary on it. There's not really commentary on the internet in that way of, of, it, of it existing in that film, like I, which I don't expect them to have – intense i mean although a lot of disney movies do have a lot of like social commentary um this one does not it is like yeah that's this is this is a fun thing that happens on the internet and it's like a plot point but not more than that um but it was like you know a depressing question to be asked and one to answer and also to consider like yeah kind of though a lot of the internet is sort of just simply designed around this commerce and 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 increasingly and i've been thinking about this a lot as i you know, as we look at what's going on in the crypto worlds and in NFTs and in this whole, you know, mountain of new um, hype that is built around, you know, essentially what 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 we are really talking about. People are talking about like ownership and you know decentralizing the internet and all this stuff, but really at its core, it is ballasted by uh, a desire to like create some new systems of commerce for people. You know, it is really like, oh, you can like buy and sell these things or you can own this thing and people will have to like pay you to use it. Or, you know, you can invest in this thing and it will accrue value over time and then you can use it to do things elsewhere. And it's like, that's a fucking shit system for anything. Shit basis for any system is like, oh, like it's a money making like it's a it's let's decentralize all the money making opportunities so everybody can like have their own little weird like money making fiefdom and it's like it sucks you know just basically it's a bad way to organize your life and i understand we live in a capitalist society and you know we you know we live in a society etc <laughs> that's um, true we do <laughs> we do we do but um but i but but uh the founder of signal moxie marlinspike which is his god given name uh wrote he basically was like, I took a look at all this Web3 stuff. And and here's a dude that I will say, you know, you can give me all the hype you want. Here's a guy who legitimately made a product that uh, from like tech, hardcore tech bros to like regular people, they're like, wow, this is a great product that as values things that I value, like my privacy and, you know, uh, like security and it allows me to communicate in ways that like Apple and Google haven't given us options for or Facebook or anybody else where it's like truly like a kind of, uh, uh, you know, it, it is like a kind of an amazing service for people that doesn't ask. I don't think there's a paid tier of signal, right? It's like it's like a free app 
for communication yeah. that is like centered on security and privacy. And as far as I know, like it's kind of the only legit one out there. Um, and at any rate, so so he wrote this thing, which is all about kind of dissecting this Web3 hype and NFTs. And it's really, it's not great, you know? It's not great. And like, the, I mean, if you really, and I highly recommend it. I tweeted it a couple of days ago. But there's a part where he talks about like, you know, what NFTs actually are, which is essentially, you know, an NFT is like this like weird digital receipt for something that is totally like not permanent, has total impermanence. In fact, he's like, if you ever, if anybody ever got control of the server that this quote unquote NFT was on, or if it ever changed hands, if anybody bought the domain or whatever, they could just simply change what this thing is. Like there is no consistent thing that like you is purchased a receipt. Yeah, you did not purchase the thing on the receipt. Right, and con- and I mean uh, conceptually. Yeah, and and like you know, and I feel really, I feel really bad for like, you know, for the amount of people who are, like, being taken in by this weird gold rush, and the gold rush is so vacant. You know, it's so vacant, um, and like. You know, I'm not. I'm not against wealth creation. I think that's great. Sure, if you can do it, I'm not against the idea of. of obviously, I love the idea of a new t- of new technologies that put more power in the hands of users. But that's not this, and it's just like. But again, at the kind of uh, at the core of it, you know, it's like everything is sort of being designed around this bullshit, this like commerce bullshit, and it's like I don't know. Like I don't think that's like. I think we have to find it. I mean, I know we talk about this all the time, but I just think we need to find a different way to design our lives. Um, it's it's like, yeah, it's just like, um, it, it, it's anyhow, it's, it kind of leads back to this conversation about um, the, the uh, you know, our, uh, whether or not, you know, how online we should be and what we should really be valuing online. So I don't want to spend a ton. I feel like we talked about, we've talked about this last time and, there's a bunch of other things I'd like to talk about. But anyhow, it was interesting just spending some time offline. And and also it was interesting being like trapped in a hotel room uh, while I had COVID, um, trying to not give it to anybody else and being like, you know, sitting there kind of with nothing to do. It was work, obviously, but, you know, not feeling that great and sort of like, okay, what is there? Uh, and, and what I found is the thing that gave me uh, the most joy was playing video games uh, and and – and uh, and I did have at least one day where I just sat in a dark hotel room and played video games, <laughs> and, uh, not online, and it was it was a joy that I I can't even begin to describe. Um, but uh, you're saying definitely recommend getting COVID ten out of ten. Yeah, well, no, I mean I think listen, I had <laughs> I'm I have the luxury I had the luxury of being able to say okay I'm going to go to a hotel and not you know get my family sick you know, and not get anybody else sick and really just sit here in this room and and wait till this thing is over. Uh, a lot of people don't have that luxury. And so it's, you know, it's, um, no, don't get, wear a mask, mask up, get the, get the vaccine. Um, at any rate, but uh, I, so I did a lot of, so I did a lot of, speaking of consuming, I mean, in speaking of like, um, what do you call it? Uh, Wreck-It Ralph, you know, I did do a lot of, you know, I saw, I have, can I tell, I, I bo- so on, in the middle of my COVID, not in the middle of it. Before I tested positive, I had booked it. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to go see the new Spider-Man movie um, by myself. You know, I'm sitting here. I'm isolating, uh, but I'm testing negative. So I like booked a ticket. I'm like, I'm testing negative. 
I'm going to go see it. And then like the day that uh, my ticket was for, I tested positive. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to see it. I did end up having to get a cam version of the new Spider-Man movie, which I have to say was uh, horrible to watch. But it it gave me all that I needed to get. I mean, I want to go see it. I'd like to go see it. I probably will in the theater. Uh uh, but can we talk about the Spider-Man movie for a second? Do we care? Hell yeah. Can we, can we, I mean, I assume you saw it in the theater. Loved it. Yeah. Yes. I. So there's a couple things that stood out to me. Maybe this is partially because I was watching a cam version of, which I basically never do, but I was so desperate to not have the movie completely spoiled that I was like, I cannot do this. Like, I cannot sit and be online in any capacity. Uh, and it's how I currently feel about Scream. Yeah. Oh my God. No. It's like I don't even really. I was. I've. I. I feel like the Scream franchise is pretty dead. Like I think the first three are pretty interesting. It kind of kind of starts to wane at the third one. Like the I first love two, four. I didn't love really. Three, oh, I, I thought, love. I thought four, four was so dumb. I hated four. I. I, just, I thought four was fun and it was very of its time, but I liked mm. it. And I. But I've heard that. I've heard this new one is like. Wonderful. So like I've, I, heard I've heard people that as are well. like, it's incredible. I've heard that as well. Though Kyle Turner was uh, who I whose opinions I think are very good was on was online last night talking about how it was not good and it was a kind of a disappointment. Sort of talking about why without getting into obviously spoilers. Well, I'm one. I, I I definitely I'll say this. They've definitely gotten me to the point where I'm like, shit. I should go see it because I don't want to get this spoiled. And I love Scream. And maybe they do something really amazing that I didn't see coming. Um, but. Uh, but with the Spider-Man movie, I mean, I basically knew it was pretty clear pretty early on. I mean, it's been rumored for a fucking year or more that the Spider-Man movie was going to have all these crazy cameos in it. And um, and I so nothing was surprising about the fact that these the characters appear. And I would just let me just say, if you haven't seen it or you're, you're thinking about seeing it, it just I'm going to talk about a lot of spoilers here. So don't don't keep listening if you are, don't want to have the film spoiled. I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I do want to talk about it. Um, I There are a couple things I thought were interesting. First off, again, maybe because I was watching on a, on a cam version, I, I, things look very green screen to me in scenes that didn't seem to need to have a green screen. And Oh, well, that's all. At Marvel at this point, I, I, it's infuriating. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. It no. is infuriating, but 99% of the movies are CGI, and to the degree that, like, Things it's it's weird uh, the the composite the things that they leave out it's just like well let's not put the wig on today we'll just digitally put it in yeah it's like uh, you know instead like, of a instead of a figuring out what the costume is you're just gonna wear a green suit for the entire thing and we'll put the costume in later yeah and I, sometimes it works but when it doesn't I don't know that it was worth it yeah I mean like I I think there are scenes where it's like two characters in a room not wearing costumes not doing like spells. And they're like not in the room together. That some of those scenes, and maybe it's COVID stuff. And I, I would totally understand if they were like, you know, there were certain situations where we couldn't get these people together for whatever reason. But like a weird amount of 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 like non practical effects. Like to, in my opinion, just they're really at a point now where kind of just a lot of it really does look like a cut scene from a video game. Like it doesn't. I feel like there's just no gravity whatsoever. No stakes no. and no gravity in so many of the scenes, but like even in scenes that where it should have gravity, like a two people talking, you know, like I was like, are they did they composite in like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to like the lab scene where they're all like working on experiments? Like, honestly, there were parts of it where I'm just like, 
This is odd. So let me just talk about it. So, so just on, so that on that, just like one big broad note, which is, and again, I didn't see it on, obviously I'd like to see it on a proper massive theater in a theater, which I will probably this week, next week. Um, it does but, benefit from that. I will Of course. Say. No, of course. I mean, it's not, this is no way to watch it. Again, this was a desperation move um, because I had my, my time to see it had been ruined by COVID and I needed to have it not be spoiled. It was not, it would not be a preferred choice for sure. Um, of course. But the the Toby and Andrew Garfield thing is really interesting. First off, I mean, I've said this before, I think, but it is a radical, it is such a radical and weird idea. And I, I cannot overstate this. And I, I'm not trying to give like, these are superhero movies, okay? About like, about like good guys versus bad guys. They are not complicated movies. They are not complex movies they don't really require a lot of they don't have endings usually where you're like i'm challenged by the how that film resolved you know it's not like that mm-hmm. um but there is something that is so unusual about this idea that they are like i mean i don't think it exists i've talked about this before i don't think this is a pre this is a pre-existing thing in film ever where they are like finding a way to encompass part of this universe this this like you know established universe that was like completely distinct from it you know and it is um it is a a complete comic book trope i mean it is it is invented it is a and it is i think particularly of like the in the 80s a kind of 1980s phenomenon where where all of the um where all of the 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 you know where dc and marvel were trying to to uh resolve and reckon with all of these like varieties of the characters that had been depicted over you know 50 years of comic books you know so it would make sense because this is kind of a a transference of that to a different format but the idea that that you can include these films that some love and some hate in the in in into the new canon of movies is like really unusual and interesting but it also plays into a lot of the lore of the characters and i think they do a particularly interesting job in this movie. And I actually saw a headline, which was like, I'm not going to read this. This is before I saw it, which was something like, it might've been a polygon story. I can't remember. It might've been inverse, um, which was like, uh, you know, Peter Parker, you know, really became Spider-Man in the new movie. And I kind of didn't know what that meant uh, until I saw the movie. And I do think it's interesting the way they wrap the lore of Spider-Man and particularly of the, from the films, which has been where it has been a very, you know, there has been this whole sort of um, character sort of uh, development for Spider-Man around this idea that he is like, you know, kind of an impulsive kid who doesn't know how to handle being like, you He know. didn't take himself seriously when the other Spider-Men we've seen on film immediately took themselves seriously. Right, because they he, had a reason. Because they had a reason yeah. to, right? And I think, um, anyhow, but... But so, so I thought that was really interesting. I thought I, I, what I was surprised, somewhat surprised to see is that they, they treated uh, Toby's and, and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Men as they were like fixed in time, right? Like they were not, or not fixed in time rather. They were not like young versions. Whereas we do see a younger version of Willem Dafoe. I mean, obviously, because, because, you know, we presume he comes out of the world where he died. So um, we see a younger version of Alfred Molina, um, I mean, Jamie Foxx just looks good. I don't know if he's supposed to be younger or not, but he. Does, I don't feel like he was CGI'd at all. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, but I Alfred- think that they did like a light touch on 
multiple people and they have found the right way to balance yeah. it and we're not getting I, like that princess leia effect. yeah i thought i thought so in the trailer that where they show alfred molina i was like mm, uh, i don't know this is kind of like not working for me but i have to say in the film and again this may be a side effect of the cam but i thought like the willem dafoe and alfred molina cgi to de-age them was like pretty impeccable i i fully forgot and had to remember like three times through the movie and i had to remember by thinking like alfred molina looks great and then i was like oh no he doesn't yeah <laughs> i mean no. maybe he does i don't no. know and, and i'm I, looking at somebody else <laughs> and like i gotta say like like this this uh i mean this is a full like if you like willem dafoe as the green goblin oh my god you will movie you will that. love willem dafoe as the green goblin in this new spider movie because it is like it is so much fuller tilt than any full tilt performance he has delivered. He needs an Oscar. Get him not an Oscar. Not maybe for this, but I get him know. an Oscar. <laughs> I think he might. Doesn't he have an Oscar for something? Does he not? He should. I just don't give think him, he does. Just give him one. But I, I actually think his. I think it's a fucking hilarious, just amazing performance. Um, so good. It's so good, and it's like, and 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 it's uh, listen. The the movie is a very satisfying film, I think. But what was so interesting is like, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember the Amazing Spider-Man that much, like the the Andrew Garfield movies. I mean, I vaguely remember them. I know Dane DeHaan is in them, or at least one of them. Um, mm-hmm. The, but they I had high highs and low lows. Yeah, low lows. Well, I remember uh, the, uh, the the most significant thing, which obviously is is very significant in this movie, is is the the uh, the end of Spider the second one, the Amazing Spider-Man two, where. Again, spoiler alert, but they like kill Gwen Stacy, right? And like in a way that you're like, that's not going to happen. And then it does. And it's pretty fucked up. Like, yep. Like it's pretty fucked up. Like I remember being watching the movie thinking, like, that's a crazy, like they made a crazy choice here. Like this was not what I thought was going to happen. And um, so obviously it's like a central point. And I got to say, like, very emotional moment in the movie, which I knew was going to happen based on the trailer, the last trailer they had where they kind of show a scenario with MJ where it's like a very, like a mirror scenario of that. Um, But I got to say, Andrew Garfield, he's so charming in this movie, but I don't remember his Spider-Man being like the way he is in this movie. I feel like he's like not, there's something that's like so weirdly conversational about all of his dialogue and so like neurotic that it kind of feels like he's, I, I don't know. I maybe you remember this better than I do, but was he that character in his Spider-Man movies? Was he like that? I think I he's think just kind of he, doing Andrew Garfield. I think in this one he had a softer sort of touch, and the writing allowed. I think the writing took into account what the significant things we remember about his character were, were which is like the loss of Gwen Stacy, right? Like his parents, yeah. that whole situation. Those that the, oh those right, I forgot things. about the setup. The weird like his parents yeah. it's like a whole thing with his parents yeah right it's a whole thing and i think that the the writer of this movie took that into account because it was in contrast to the other spider-man and so there is like a softer more reflective version of him but i do think both of them had the signature andrew garfield like slick snarkiness which i like but yeah. you know yeah. I, some people don't feel as a right, well, the well, right people for are, peter parker I, and i agree to a certain extent i haven't seen tick tick boom but i understand that people are loving it and his performance and it is being lauded i think he won a golden globe or something for it maybe um, i mean you can buy a golden globe okay well it's whatever nice, i'm just saying but... <laughs> i just this is what i've heard so i mean i think andrew garfield's having a moment which is like good for him honestly i support andrew garfield i'm glad me too i'm glad me he's having too. a moment I, i've always liked I him i would 
I would I would destroy that man. Wow. I hope he has I hope he has such a I hope he has a bodyguard. Life. He is a king. <laughs> yeah. Okay. At any rate, and then and then the whole Tobey Maguire thing is interesting. I mean, he's like old man. He's the old Spider-Man, which like is is kind of refreshing because I thought they would like de-age them and they'd be like young Spider-Man. Uh mm-hmm. and they're not. They did not do the point, which I predicted would happen. Uh and I'm a little disappointed to be honest that they didn't go there. Uh, because I I like people. They did do the point. No, they don't do the point. Yes, they do. Do they do the point? Yeah, you must have missed it. But they I do must the have, point. It must have been some bad edit on my they cam all version. They point at each other. Do they? For like one second. Do and they? Then it, they? Yeah. Okay, they don't. Hold on, they don't hold on, dwell hold on, on it. But hold on, it's, hold on. it's there. Hold on. No way home. I gotta see this point scene. Point scene. Point meme. Throw meme in there, and that'll help. Point meme. Mm-hmm. At any rate, uh, hold on a sec. Oh shit. I like that Jamie Foxx is like, I kind of thought you'd be black, like to Andrew Garfield. That was so good. Which is and like, he was like, there's definitely a black Spider-Man out there, which well, like, I thought I just was said, a good does wink this, to like. Does this open the door for Donald Glover to finally play uh, Peter Parker? Well, I think Don, Donald too old to play Miles Morales, but I think that he's oh, right, aged right. out no, that, of that. Would make, that would make sense. I guess that he's would make sense. Out of that. I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't have a black Peter Parker, though. Technically no, there's speaking. no reason. But I think, I think... Miles Morales is one of the cases where the character was written so intentionally to right. take into account the fact that it, it, he's a minority. Right. It's a different than, story. Yeah. No, no. That makes yeah. sense. I mean, I think you and could I, do. And I, I yeah. like it. I mean, the thing about it is like the weird thing about comic books is like it's always it's, it is always this weird thing where you're like you could do anything with these characters. And they're like, well, what if the character's black? And people are like, I don't know about that. And it's like, <laughs> is that, does it really fucking matter? Like, I mean, it, it's the J.K. Rowling of it all where it's just like. Really? That's what got you? Like people transitioning genders? That's the one you can't buy? No, I know. Okay. I know it's fucking <laughs> Okay. Insane. It's fucking. Sure. Oh, we should talk about I want to talk about that actually, but but wait, do they have a, a point scene? Is it am I missing this? Like they do have a point scene, yeah. I'm going to I'll google it right now. I can't find it. Can't find a shot of this, oh, but oops. At any rate, at any rate, Anyhow, there's a lot to like about this. There was a lot to like about it. It was very emotional. I think it was a great film. I would say it is the the best Spider-Man movie after Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2. Um, I do think it makes the other uh, the other Tom Holland Spider-Man movies look kind of forgettable by comparison. Like um, They do this – sorry, I have to interrupt you. They do this scene it's, it, uh, in the script area. It's when they're like talking about their web shooters and how um, – uh, he Toby Maguire doesn't have web shooters. So oh yeah, his arm. Right. They are. They both all, all look at each other and they're all pointing at their web shooters. Okay. Well, I'll have to go. I'll have to sc- scan my uh, content and see what's going Sorry. on. Sorry. Re- return to no, what you're saying. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> what was I saying? I don't fucking remember. Um. Yeah. I was saying the other the other Spider Man movies seem kind of lame by comparison. Like I don't really even uh really remember them. They're just kind of these vague. Like they're so vague. I feel like they're just. I think the problem with those movies is that there are there isn't any heart to them. Like I think that's the thing about the spy about Spider Man as a character is like he's supposed to be there's you know that's what kind of always sucked about his whole Tony Stark relationship and his like special spider suit and stuff. It's like that is not the stuff that that is not who Spider Man is. He's not. Like he should the, be sentimental and guilty and anxiety ridden. I, you know, there should be yeah, a but, lot but more also, but Rick also, Moranis in Spider Man than right, there ever is. Right. But also, he's just not like the idea that he has this like really cool suit with all these electronics in it and like sp- spider arms and stuff. It's like that's like the whole point is like he's a kid, 
swinging around in fucking spandex and he has these like amazing abilities, but like he's not a soldier, you know? He's not a super yes. soldier. He's a part fucking... of the charm is that he thinks that he he does not seem to comprehend his own mortality for yes. much of his Which journey. Which is very and that's teenage. Charming. Yes. Yeah. And and I think he's antithetical to like the the whole Batman thing. Where I mean, even the turn here, where it's like this conversation about wanting revenge, which is what this movie is sort of like—the desire for revenge versus redemption—that um, uh, because Spider-Man is poor, he has coping mechanisms. Batman has no coping mechanisms. He had something taken from him, and that has never happened to him, and will never happen to him right, again. Yeah, and he is furious about it. Spider-Man understands that you have to laugh and move on. <laughs> like you have yeah. to just well I do mean, something with your pain. But it's and also move about the next. It's also about like, and it is kind of explicitly in this movie, which is like, you know, do you let that desire for revenge become all consuming? You know, which is basically Batman is like, he wants revenge and it like turns him into a And that's Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's journey. They really just do a Batman story where he's he's rage filled and he, you know, he starts taking big like chances and and getting overconfident and cocky. Is that, is that what happens in his Spider-Man movie? Yes. And okay. then Gwen dies because of part of his overcocky right. like, "Oh, I'll just solve everything with webs." Like, yeah. thinking. Right. But um And that's can't... why they, in this movie I felt it was effective because it was like, "Oh, they're using the other Spider-Man to correct what people what isn't working with this one." Right. Which is so smart from a production standpoint and also makes for a good script. Well, they're like, what's missing? And I think what is missing is like, why do I care? What is it? Like, I get, like, when you first see Spider-Man, I believe his first appearance is in Civil War, I want to say, um, and you're introduced to him. He yeah. is the Peter Parker that we think of. Like, he's wearing some bad, weird homemade costume and is like completely out of, like, out of his element, has no idea what he's doing, is like, you know a cocky teenager, but also stunned to be wherever he is doing whatever he's doing. Um, and it's like, you know, it, it, that's like, I feel like the last time you saw that kind of that character and everything else is like, after that is kind of shrouded in this weird relationship with Tony Stark that feels totally like a fan service, but not really like honoring like the character of spider-man at all not really like doing it's like yes like if you're a spider-man fan you'll love this it's more like if you love the marvel movies you'll love this not like if you love spider-man you'll love this you know mm -hmm. anyhow mm -hmm. so so long and short we you know i don't want to spend the entire podcast talking about this but i thought like incredibly really? incredibly successful in its uh I, I first off i think there's really dumb things about the movie like stuff that i i will not get hung up on but one could easily get hung up on like the entire interaction with Doctor Strange is so stupid. I mean, so stupid. The idea that Doctor Strange would do this spell for Spider-Man is completely absurd. Like, I wish they had found a better explanation for it. Maybe they will explain it somehow in the future. I know there's like people are like, oh, it's not really Doctor Strange. It's like some bad guy posing as doctor Strange. on the range yeah but it's like that doesn't but that doesn't i that's not it to me no, that you no. can't do that and you it also you you yeah you can't you can't do that within the context of the movie it, like it, the movie does have to stand on its own in order to be a good movie and it's like i think there's some really cool stuff that happens with the doctor strange story and with ned and like the whole i think that's really fun um i just wish they'd found another way to get to this place like why couldn't they tie in something like from the whole like whatever's going on with like I, I feel like they are going to but like whatever's going on with Loki 
or with like WandaVision. I feel like there's plenty of opportunities there to have something happening that is out of control but isn't being done by like Doctor Strange. Like Mm -hmm. it just seems really random and bad and like not – very uncharacteristic for for that character, you know? Like I get Peter Parker asking – I don't get Doctor Strange going like, okay, let's do it. And then there's this whole like goofy bit where he's like, he messes up the spell. And it's like, that's dumb. Like, that's just a bad explanation for what happens. You know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It seems silly. Like, oh, hey, what it, if he it, just, you know, messes up the spell? It's like, okay, what if, I guess. But it felt like a solution that felt very convenient for Marvel because they have other Doctor Strange things being lined up that are multiverse based. And sure. It's very easy to just slide him in. But then it's also, I, Bringing magic into anything, I understand it's part of the Marvel Universe, and they do work it very well. It worked in Loki. Like, they figure out how to work it in. But when you bring it into, like, there, this movie had a lot going on, and magic spells was another layer that was just like, okay, so we've got weird science, ultra weird science, magic spells. Like, yeah. it, we're, we're, there's a lot of contrivances at it, once it takes happening. A, it's taking a lot to get to where they get to. And it's like, I feel like they yes. didn't, they maybe did not need to do as much as they did. Like, I guess maybe this will, it all will be revealed as we continue to explore the Marvel universe and their, you know, attempts to like pick. I mean, I guess, listen, here's what I, here's what I took away from this. Okay. All of this is leading back to, I mean, I think you know this, right? All of this is leading back to Robert Downey Jr. coming back, right? There's, I, it has There's to. no doubt it in my mind. has to. Okay, can you imagine the number at the box office when they bring Iron Man back? Because, like, it is really, it is really kind of, to My me, brother's entire Marvel and Harry Potter now fandom is premised on, I love Robert Downey Jr. Right. as Iron Man and right. I want more. And there's zero reason why, if we can bring... Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, or we can bring Alfred Molina back from the dead, and we can bring fucking Green Go- uh, uh, Willem Dafoe back from the dead. There's no reason why we can't bring Tony Stark. And in fact, obviously, what is going to happen is Tony Stark is going to come back from the dead from some of the one of the you know universes in the multiverse. Uh, obviously, which also means like we could bring Thanos back, which is like. Both kind of fun and also somewhat annoying, you know, like, like it's a bit annoying, but also I think it will be a lot of fun when they figure out how they're going to bring Iron Man. They back. need to do it in a way if they do it and if they bring anybody back from the dead, they need to do it in a way where it is a truly one off. We will not be doing this thing because like, oh, really? I don't great- think they're going to do that. I think they're going to do bring him back in a movie and then. They're going to get rid of him again. No, they're going to bring him back in, you know, they're going to make a new Avengers movie or something. And then he's going to have another movie. Like for sure. There's no way. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I mean, the bringing a back of it all needs to be a one off because I, I, like if you watch something like, for example, American Horror Story Coven, a great, great, great version of that show like it's a great season at the beginning it's all about mortality it's all about aging and the way that like women have to can't mentor each other because they're in competition with each other it's very interesting however halfway through the season someone comes back from the dead 
And it ends up, that's actually really easy to do. And they just like mutter a few words and bring people back from the dead. And all of the stakes are gone. Everything doesn't matter. Nothing makes any sense. You don't care why these people right. care. Right. Like it, it's so dumb. And then you're like, why would you do this to yourself? Why would you remove, not even just the fact that it was the theme of the season, but also why would you just remove stakes in general? If nothing matters, then nothing matters. And the Marvel Universe, everything's about life or death because like it's all about violence. I can't, essentially or it's all solved with violence um right and if violence doesn't matter then you've removed the teeth from your universe and so they have to be really careful about like making sure it feels special and exceptional and never gonna happen again and they have to decide that that nuclear button that they can't pull it out when they're like like if you want more loki and you killed loki you better do flashback scenes because we're not bringing people back from the dead over and over and over yeah um yeah because I, in comic books yeah you're like this is a comic book and also different writers are coming in and different arcs sometimes just feel like completely different stories, even though they take place in the same universe. It's it's a different thing. With movies and these actors, I I think it will ruin it if they yeah, bring those in. I, I think you get they get kind of a, 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 a there is a window to do it and a way to do it. And it has to be um it just has to be done in a way that feels really I mean, I think in like the, actually what annoys me about this about the Spider-Man movie is what it does not feel like a holistic. It doesn't feel holistic. What happens? Like, it feels like they kind of threw in this random idea that like Dr. Strange would botch a spell. And that is what causes it. But what's weird to me about that is they have, they have established in the Marvel universe that there is this whole multiverse concept and there are these multiple timelines and they've referenced them before. And like, there are plenty of cracks in the reality that we see where they could go, something is happening. We don't know how it's happening. We don't know where it's being created. You know, we don't know how it's being created, but like somehow these realities have gotten into our reality. And like, I think that you could play up the ongoing narrative of like this splintering, out of control splintering of the universes. Um, but uh, I think it's like, you know, they don't they don't do that. And so it's like, they can't, we can't just have it be every time you want to bring somebody back, there's like somebody does a fun, you know, botch spell and then you get, you know, Tony Stark shows up. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think there has to be a better sort of foundation for, um, for the, for how you get there. I, and by the way, I mean, who gives a shit? These are comic book movies. And at the end of the day, as long as people are having a good time, you know what, whatever. Um, but, I but will here's the thing. If yeah. Wanda is able to bring her kids back who never existed and were a figment of her imagination and created through like her constant output of magic faking that they're real and it's a complete delusion, whatever, it, if she's able to create those children and bring them back and into the world again in Multiverse of Madness, it, cat's out of the bag. And then it's like, well... I guess Ali Ali Oxen free, right. you know, see you all soon. <laughs> well, I think that is it, isn't it? I mean, I think that is, there's a little bit of, um, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of like figuring out uh, how much they can get away with and how far they're going to take it, you know? And uh, I, I don't know, honestly don't know the answer to that. But at any rate, the movie was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously I want to see the, it properly i just am happy to have seen what happens in it and with it in a decent manner i mean there are th several bad cam versions floating around out there i managed to 
get like two of them that were watchable. Um, but horrible experience. I don't recommend it. And it's like really it was just an act of desperation. Um, the the apparently it's coming out on a home video on February twenty eighth, which is pretty soon. So uh, undoubtedly I'll be purchasing it. Um, at any rate, uh, so so uh, wait, what the hell was it? Oh, the Harry Potter. Can we just quickly talk about the Harry Potter thing, which is which is uh, the the this. <laughs> John Stewart, who is like, it's so hilarious because the headline I saw when I first saw the story was like, is this headline from like 2004 or something? It's like John Stewart calls uh, J.K. Rowling anti-Semitic or whatever, you know? And uh, and I guess the story is, I didn't really go too far into it, but he was on a podcast or something. And he started talking about how the the Gringotts goblins are basically these like really weird anti-Semitic um, like caricatures. And it's 100% true. Like, just to be very clear, there is no doubt in my mind whether whether I doubt on purpose, but you never know. But but subconsciously, both J.K. Rowling and the people who made the Harry Potter movies took like the bankers of the world of Harry Potter and turned them into pretty obvious like anti-Semitic tropes. Like, There's a star of David on the center. It's of not the floor yeah, and if you're Grindelstein. and if you're Jewish and if you're Jewish. When you read it in the book and when you see it in the movie, it is you feel it. It is patently obvious, and you know it. It's like, listen. I mean, you can you can say whatever the fuck you want, but I've lived in this world as a Jew, and I can tell you, you know it when you see it. And it is that is what it is. It's subconscious, probably. I don't think people were. I don't think J.K. Rowling hates Jews. I don't. I mean, who knows? She hates lots of people, but. I don't think she's like a Nazi. I think she just has a bunch of shit ingrained in her brain and in her like back of her mind that came out in this way. It's like, oh yeah, well, who would the bankers be? Like these little guys with hook noses and I mean, gre- she, greasy she hair. The, and she named the Asian character Cho Chang. I know it's just, the characters' names are insane, and the French like characters the most the, offensive. The French, but also, but I mean, to, to, in her defense, the French character has an equally stupid name. So the black characters named Kingsley Shacklebolt. No, shut up. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. Yeah, I mean, she might have brain damage. Like, I don't really know what to say about that. Yeah, so at any rate, so John Stewart is like talking about the same experience of every that every Jew's had looking at the thing, which is like, oh, yeah. And like, I guess her super fans or whatever, you know, I don't know, Newsweek wrote an article that's like, John Stewart calls J.K. Rowling anti-Semitic, which like obviously is a conflation of what the conversation was actually about. Um, and then he has to like apologize. I don't know. If I'm John Stewart, I wouldn't be apologizing to anybody. I'd be like, listen, these are anti-Semitic depictions. I don't know what to tell you. Read the fucking book. Goodbye. You know? Like, but I will say it's like one of these situations where her fan base, whatever the fan base is that exists, like ganged up on him, I guess. And he was basically forced, from what I could tell, to have to apologize for saying Which something that sucks is that is obviously that is obvious to everybody and is it like sucks because the the person I'm friends with Jay who is recording the podcast with him in that clip and Jay is somebody that never apologizes or like couches the things that he has to say and certainly didn't do it here and it sucks that like John Stewart because and no fault of John Stewart's but because of like corporate interests and everything else that we have to dance around and be nice to this billionaire. Like, I'm sorry, she's not a victim. If I want to go out there and say she's ugly, that would be, you know, mean and probably, you know, would reflect more on my values than hers. But also, you don't need to step in. 
She's doing fine. Yeah, I, <laughs> you don't I, have but to prosecute me for calling her ugly. But it's also like, like I do think like in the context of the conversation, people are. Um, I mean, there it's like a funny conversation from what I can tell. It's like sort of jokey, but it's also like one of those things where it's like when you're having a jokey conversation about things that are definitely true, you know. And or saying uh, like, yeah, you're you're. It's a way of expressing yourself where you're like. I mean, that was pretty anti-Semitic. What's going on in her mind? And it's like, I don't think, I think we, in, inherent in what I just said is, I don't think, obviously don't think she sat down and was like, how can I create a story that'll stick it to the Jews? Right. But I also think she's a, an English lady, a white English lady who wrote this in the 90s yeah. when she clearly like just did not have any experience writing people of diverse backgrounds. And what came out is racism and anti-semitism because those were what that was all she knew of those races and of jews was what she had experienced in the media and i don't even think that in the case of the jews that she connected that that was what she was doing but it is what she was doing and the effect of it and the final product matters it matters if you end up doing blackface even if you've never seen blackface and you've never heard that it's offensive but you just got the idea one day to paint your face if you're in a big popular franchise in blackface it doesn't really matter if you knew or you didn't know stop doing blackface because you know now yeah and I, I, it's yeah. okay to, to to discuss that and it would be okay for her to go on twitter and say you know what i might have been out of my depth in writing characters of every race dancing around these white characters in this universe completely premised on whiteness yeah. i might have been out of my depth it's okay yeah, to I, say that i just think and in this, doesn't make you the worst person in the world i mean i, I get know. like i get like not being able to cop to like being you know kind of latently anti-semitic or whatever like i understand like that might be uncomfortable for you to say i don't know grow um, up the that's have, what the money's for but i just think it's i just think it's funny that like john stewart had to be brought into like had to be like made to apologize to the jk rowling's audience or whatever um, anyhow, it's, but to be clear, just you to be ruined clear, my childhood. <laughs> I mean, just to be clear, he is he's correct. It's a crazy, it's unbelievable. Like I couldn't believe it when I saw it in the movie. I couldn't believe it when I read it in the book. It is like truly striking and just absurd. And like, and again, you know, if you like were raised Catholic, you may not, and you know, you're like a blonde haired, blue eyed, whatever Catholic dude, you may not know what it looks like. Because you've never experienced it. Like, you may not know what it feels like when shit is off for in that way. And, like, you should definitely be able to, like, judge. I mean, not that these people can, but you should definitely be able to judge, like, when you can and can't identify. It's like... It's I can when think I of, tell my dad when my dad is like, I actually don't think that's homophobic. No, and this I'll be is, like, let's defer to the expert here. And one of the, <laughs> I'm and one telling of, you yeah, and, how I feel about it. And one of, one of the best, one of my favorite things is that... Um, is that there is a whole genre of like there's a whole group of like republican right wing conservative people who are weird so weirdly excited about and invested in trying to call out when people are being anti-Semitic, like where they will like say to like a Jewish, you know, artist, like you're being anti-Semitic about this thing or whatever. And it's like, you know what? They're Jewish and you're not and you need to shut the fuck up. Uh, you have no way to say what is and isn't anti-Semitic, basically. Like, that's not your world. Like, you don't get to be the arbiter of what it is. And, like, and it's like, it's like, it's a very interesting tactic. I mean, it happened with me and Ben Shapiro when I was, like, he's, I, I tweeted, like, he's, like, the Nazi that helps other 
you know, he's a Jew that helps other Jews onto the train, which is exactly what I think about him. He is like 100% selling out Jewish people to the Republican Party, which is an anti-Jewish group of people. I'm sorry, you fucking can slice it any way you want. Slice it any way you want. But those people, as soon as humanly possible, will turn on the Jews. I mean, Trump is anti-Semitic as fuck. He has made so many statements that are so offensive. Okay? So anyhow, just to be clear, the Republican Party at its core is an anti-Semitic group of people, just like they're a racist group of people at their core. Um, And it is obvious in all of their rhetoric and all of their talk. But they love to be like, we're pro-Israel, because Israel's a really good staging ground for uh, Middle Eastern wars. And... Uh, they ultimately, I think some of them are like, well, Jesus is going to come back to Jerusalem. That's the promised land. It's like, it has nothing to do with Judaism. Um, at any rate, they're all de- very deranged people. But, but I do think like I had this experience where I tweeted this thing about, I'm a Jew talking about a Jewish experience. And people were like, you're being anti-Semitic against a great Jewish man. It's like, you don't fucking know what I'm being because it's not being said in good faith. They're just it's not good it faith. They, no, it's like they, it's they, like it's yeah, like it's they, like their desire. It's, a, it's like their desire to 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 turn people into everybody. Want everybody's like a pedophile. Like yeah, exactly. they're like they have this like huge weird hard on for pedophiles, and it's like but they I don't know, absolutely I feel like, do not care about child poverty, but they right. really care about abortion, right. but they do not care about the infant mortality rate. I just think it's a weird. <laughs> it's just a very weird thread, and I assume that that's some of what John Stewart was experiencing was a bunch of people who absolutely are, do not have the uh, basis and understanding to speak on whether or not something is or isn't anti-Semitism coming at him uh, to defend, you know, their their queen, J.K. Rowling or whatever. The whole thing was just embarrassing and weird and horrible. And anyhow, again, let's stay offline. Um, but uh, at any rate, um, at any rate, uh, is there anything else we need to talk about? Any other big topics that we've... Sure, there are many things. Anything exciting happening in technology, in gaming? Um, I mean, the biggest thing in the world, right? I mean, the the biggest news story in the world right now is Wordle. <laughs> oh, Wordle! I love Wordle. I mean, I, I'll take anything. That's I like, love Wordle. I'll take anything that's a low effort, low pressure, total distraction, and I think Wordle hits that. It hits it, has it perfectly. No ads. It was made out of love. It's a website that anyone can access. It's not some like app that's stealing your uh, address book contents, to my knowledge. Um, and it's not being monetized, and it isn't being changed. It would be so quick. It would be so easy to be like, everybody's playing this word game. I'm gonna turn it into an app, and it's a ninety nine percent, ninety nine cent charge, and everybody can win money. Uh, you know, it's very easy to go HQ trivia real fast, and it, the person isn't. And oh wow, I he, forgot about I forgot about that. Right? (laughs) It's delightful. It is a delightful thing that I hope nobody ruins. Everybody be cool about it. Let's just play it once a day and not ask for anything else. It's a nice thing. We don't have to change it. It's good. Yeah. I mean, anyhow, there are all these like copies. I didn't see any of the copies. Apparently they've been shut down. Other people tried to copy it and do what I just said. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, it's a fun game. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's, it reminds me of the, um, I mean, it's sort of like the thing. What is the New York Times crossword thing? It's called like spelling bee, maybe, I want to say. Hmm. It's like a hexagon. It's real know. annoying. You have to like I guess a bunch of different words using like a set of letters. Have you ever played it? It's fun. Nope. Pain in the ass though. Wordle's nice because you like do it and then it's like, actually, you can't do another one for a while. So just go away. It's the best. And we all have to do the same word so we can say at the end like, well, fuck that. That was a shitty right. word. <laughs> no, I got the other night I had like, I got one in like three and 
Laura's like, I cannot figure out this. Did fucking you do word. today's? I haven't done it. Maybe I'll do it okay. in real time. Let me see. Let I was going to say right what now. the word is because it's very annoying. Don't say it. Let me see. Hold on. Have I done? Have I done a wordle today? Uh, I got. Um, I did something. Let me see here. Let me let me try to guess this wordle word. Word. Here we go. You ready? Let me start with my. I start with the same word every time. It's probably a bad idea. Uh, I do that too. Do you? I do audio. Audio. Oh, see, I think um, audio or stare, like staring at something. Oh, actually, hold on. I guess I have a better one. Okay, let's see. It'd be great if I got the word straight off the bat. Wow. Wow. None of the letters. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yep, this one sucks. Huh. Okay, let me see. Okay, I got one. Wow, I got one letter in the wrong place. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, Seeing four moves or whatever when you're, like, ready to shoot somebody. Uh, oh, wow. Anyway, this the game's is, delightful. I oh love God. it. Oh, <laughs> God. Wow. This is, what is this word? Is it, a, is it a word? Is it a weird word? Or is it just, like, is it it's just, like. It's a word you know. It's just so specifically chosen to be frustrating for this particular game. Really? Hmm. Wow. It I uses gotta... uh, common letters in uncommon ways. It's a common word it don't does something any, that you're don't not give me any don't give me surprised but you're very surprised it's no, today's was work. tough today's wow. was a little bitchy this is actually very interesting i gotta say okay well, well let's not spend a lot of time on that word i'll have to get to that later the very thing that's interesting for us to discuss though is the the copycats of it all which you know they're they're the, it, i understand that there's a discussion to be had but i think the answer to me seems very obvious which is like you did copy this and you are doing something bad when you steal the idea um but but the guy who one of the guys several wordle apps came out um that were copies of this game that were you know their own unique twist and most of that twist was in-app purchases and unlimited games um because the only answer to everything is more 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 and charge money um and one of the, the the one that kind of broke out the most was called the Wordle app, used basically the exact design language of the original and the same rules. And you could pay $30 to play unlimited words. Yeah. And the guy, it took off a little bit and people did not know if this was by the original person or right. not. Right, it's not, and it's the not guy, clear. He was, he was documenting on Twitter being like, we're going to the moon, blah, blah, blah. And then when people brought this up, he was like, well, there's a TV show in the 70s that had a similar premise. And also, you know, Wordle is a thing you people have said before. And also, I didn't mean to steal the design. I just did this in a weekend. What can you expect? I'm yeah. just 25. And it was like... I, I get from his perspective that he's like, okay, now everyone's yelling at me. I didn't mean to get that, make that happen. <laughs> well, his... But also, fuck you, because you did do something wrong, and you know it, because you at the end you said, "I fucked up. I'll never do this again." His big mistake. Yeah. His big mistake was talking about it. I mean, honestly, he probably could have gotten away with probably. fucking murder for ages. He could have gotten away selling that shit on the i on the on the uh, app store for ages. Had he not? Why said do people feel the need to become Twitter's main character? If you're know. doing something spicy, just don't tweet about it. <laughs> don't bring it up. Why would you invite the abuse? I, it, it it boggles the mind. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, people people need attention. I don't know. It's weird. It's oh, you know the other thing. Actually, sorry, just to come back to just talking about the, the internet, talking about Wreck-It Ralph for a second. There's this whole part of that movie where they're like, oh, the comment section. It's like all these like nasty comments about Ralph, and it's like. This is fucked up that like 
it's like a plot point in a movie that's for children that like, yeah, like the comment sections are where people are really rude and horrible and mean. It's like, I think we need to interrogate why we have allowed it to be that way and why we are continuing to allow it to be that way. Like these methods of communication are not, they're not like good. Why are we accepting that that's just how it is? It is not how it is. In real life, it is not how it is that when you get into a room full of people that you've got people like being nasty and rude to you. Like that's not real life. That is something that happens on the internet. And it's like we don't want to take any responsibility for it or do anything to actually change it. It's a very bizarre, it's very bizarre. Like I don't know, the world that's depicted that I see being depicted in that movie is one that I do not want my child to be a part of. Like. It's not the internet that I'm interested in being a part of. It's tough because it's something that we recognize, but uh, in but we shouldn't accept, right? But, but we don't know how to fight. It's against so odd, it but too, it's so odd that know? it's now it's now just become like a weird little plot point. Like, oh yeah, the comment section—that's where people are horrible. And it's like that. It shouldn't. That should not be like our the thing about it that we arrive at is like, oh yeah, that's just a place that's always bad. I, I mean, this is going to bring us very quickly to my point that nobody likes what I make, which is that I just don't think that everybody should be able to comment on everything. I and agree. Feel the need to. No, I agree. I, I don't know why. I don't know why we have. I don't know why we have comments. I don't know why everyone should be able to upload as much video content as they want at all times for everyone to see, and that algorithms will find a way to push it on somebody. No, I agree. I don't think it's that's a good insane. idea. <laughs> it's insane. No, it's just completely insane. The whole thing is, it makes no sense. Like, and every, like, to think that we're arranging, I, actually, I was just reading, the Gia Tolentino wrote this piece about Instagram face in 2019, yeah. um, which I just saw in my feed, somebody like shared Such it or whatever. A good piece. And I was, you know, it's, it's about like how, the face we see on Instagram and the thing that Facetune allows is is becoming a thing that when like literally she goes to like a plastic surgeon he's like I like to use Facetune to see how we can make your face and it's like the idea that that is a thing that we're like okay yeah that's how it is now that that's fine or normal is nuts and I say this as a very online person who loves the internet and loves technology like. We have to change. We we really do. I mean, I literally have been saying this for a fucking decade. But like, something has to change about how we are, not about the technology, but about how we are with it. You know, yes, it, yeah. it yes, it, it the technology does push these uh, notions on us. But it, there is a problem with like how we how we understand what it's doing. Like, I think at a fundamental level, like we need to understand what the technology is telling us versus feeling like we are just simply like at the at the whim of the message that of the message right where it's like you're like oh well it says this right like that's what it is but it's like that's not what it is it's like it's doing this for a reason like it exists for a reason facetune does what it does there are very specific technical and societal reasons why facetune works the way it does and it's not like that's real it's not real it's just like the way the app was developed and uh and it's like anyhow, it's like any. This is a, this is a whole thing. But get, this sort of gets no. Back to I the, the I, point, I you know. agree with you, and I and I think it's you know it's also like a feedback cycle of that's we're caught in, which is like, well, I'll get plastic surgery so I can look like the filter that I wanted to look like because of the way that Instagram is built and designed and incentivized, and then Instagram will react to my changed face by pushing me on an audience who has already become accustomed to 
changed faces. So I now made my audience both smaller and larger and Instagram's trying to compensate for it. And then the filters change and it becomes this trend cycle. And it's like, should what we're chopping our faces up to look like be a trend cycle? Right. You know, like, should we should we be using algorithms to advance a trend cycle right. that happens on our faces? It's it's an end. But at the same time, you have the right to do whatever you want with your own face. And certainly I don't think that men should be telling women what they should and shouldn't be doing to their own faces or their own pictures or whatever else. But maybe we should all have a discussion. Maybe maybe we should all have a discussion with our own groups and demographics and maybe we need to reckon with that this isn't a good idea and like we're not going to hold individuals accountable but i think we can hold large organizations and groups accountable in a certain sense um yeah you know it's a strange time also i think the fact that we are we have been i mean just you know technology is different today than it was two years ago. God, we didn't even talk about CES, I just realized. But I know. We can't get into it now because I actually have to go and uh, you have to go. And PSVR but looks cool. The rest of it, I don't know what to say. Whatever. There are a lot of cars there. I mean, I, I, I pity I pity anybody who had to go and get, you know, like literally a bunch of like South Korean businessmen have already gotten. And Tom Holland, don't forget. Did Sony Tom Holland go to see? He, he went to CES? Oh, Sony, oh right. He I was at the Sony thing. It. Right. He was at the Sony <laughs> thing. I forgot. Did he get COVID though? That's the question. Yes, he had COVID, but he had it before he went. Um, oh, okay, him and good. Zendaya Thank got God. COVID Thank God. We don't. We got to get. We gotta keep Spider Man healthy. Spider Man, and uh, you know, we got to keep Zen- Zendaya healthy. Uh, it's very important. <laughs> Corporate America is very invested in Zendaya staying healthy. We got, is it now? I've heard a debate. Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? I actually don't. know. I've heard it's. I've heard it's Zendaya, but a lot of people say. Zend- I think I've saying Zendaya, but that's actually not uh, accurate. I'm not At sure. any rate, she's wonderful. I haven't seen Euphoria yet. She's great in the new Spider-Man, uh, and uh, great in Dune. Lots of great in Dune. She's just in all. She's just in all the movies now, which I think is wonderful. <laughs> I like really got confused for a second. I was like, is Tom Holland in Dune? I can't remember because him and Timothee Chalamet have a very similar vibe. They have a Sun and Moon, Brittany Christina thing going on, which I wow. like for them. It's I beautiful. Think it's good. All right. Well, um, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about that more on the next podcast. We got to get. <laughs> I got to get out of here. All right. Do you have right. a nice thing? Uh, oh yeah, I got a nice thing. But it's real quick. Which is I got way, way back into Dead Cells over the break. Obsessively back into Dead Cells. New DLC. Unbel- it was a new DLC, but even before that, I didn't even know there was going to be a new DLC. Just obsessively back into it. It is just like, like such an unbelievably playable game. I cannot say enough about it. And all I want is for the Dead Cells team to make a Castlevania game. All I'm looking for is for them to <laughs> be given the reins and to be allowed to make the ultimate Castlevania game for... 2022 or whatever the 2020s like i think they could do such an amazing job with it i mean obviously there are components of oh wow there are like a whole family of deer racing through the woods that i can see right now looks completely insane that was nuts um at any rate because i have a window that looks onto the woods here um i just dead cells incredible game hot unbelievable replayability and i just want that team to do a castlevania game is that too much to ask that's my nice thing goodbye um, I got a CRT TV that is widescreen, um, and it's very large. Uh, it weighs a uh, hundred and sixty something pounds, which was wow. a whole story for oh, how wow. I got it home. It was a nightmare. I I cried. I did. I cried and sat down in the middle of the street. Uh, it was the worst day of my life, but I did get it, and it only cost me fifty bucks and a day of my life. Um, and it is stunning, and it is so satisfying to own. I can't. I can't recommend finding yourself a widescreen CRT if you have the time and space. Um, 
more. I'm curious. I'm curious, like, what brand is it? It's a Toshiba. Ideally, it would have been a Sony, but I'll take a Toshiba. Yeah, Um, sure. And it takes HDMI in, which is so interesting because you can plug a PS5 up to this CRT television and have it output in 720p or 1080i. And because of the way that CRTs look, the hyper-realistic graphics like in the Matrix uh, Resurrections demo look like real life. Like it, like right. with RTX on, it really does look like well, it's yeah. just a movie. I mean, because... And it's it's right, surreal. Because, yeah, I mean, I do think there's something... I mean, there's something to um, degrading the quality a little bit and makes things look slightly more real. I mean, but that, and, and like a CRT degrades the quality and softens the image, but it also makes it more vibrant and more right, right. The colors pop in this way. That there's a glow that you can't get. OLEDs do a pretty good job, but you you can't really get elsewhere. Right. Um, oh my god, we didn't even talk about the analog pocket. Whatever. Oh my um, god, we didn't. We did not. Holy shit. Okay, great. Well, we'll have to do. Week. That's maybe next we'll, week. Yeah, maybe we'll do it. We'll do it. Maybe we'll do an early episode next week so we can get. In all any this event, stuff. get yourself a CRT. It is delightful. I have I have found so many uses for it. Um, my husband hates. It. He's so mad that I yeah. Have this what thing. a nightmare! It's so huge. I mean, I can't believe just the he's, whole thing. He's is... so mad about it. Anyway, no, he should be. Um, he has every right to be, and I and I support him in his anger. All, all right, right, let's, let's get, get out, out of here. here. Bye. Bye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Though I've just been told that your family has been attacked by the Green Goblin, but they just need to catch their breath.